BagaCast, episode 394, and also the final episode of the summer 2019 anime season. Let's see if I can get that word right. Uh, my name is Dustin, and with me today is Larry. Mm, anime, yeah. Well, it's not actually it, it, It's not actually because there's some shows that are still, but yeah, we're going to get 90% of them. Yeah, pretty much all of them. Yeah. Uh, and Ben. Yo. Alright, and as always, show notes can be found at projectharuhi.net and audioentropy.com. I am just not having a good time with my enunciation today. Uh, let me pass, uh, it, pass this a beer through the mic. Uh, so, let's go ahead and start with Fruits Basket, episodes 23 through 25. Yeah, anyway, so they're, yeah, they're finishing up the first season, basically. Yeah, I remember, I do vaguely remember uh, episode 25 from when I first watched, like, the original Fruits Basket, because they did get to that point in that series where uh, uh, it's revealed that um, Kyo, when he takes off his bracelet, looks like a weird bug monster thing. A dragon, sort of. I guess he. I guess his head is vaguely dragon shaped, well, but kind of maybe more praying mantisly. Yeah, he looks more like a bug than a dragon. Yeah, okay. And I'll, supposedly I'll, 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 he smells real bad when he's in that form. Yeah. Like maybe, I'm guessing if he's supposed to be like a dragon, maybe he's supposed to smell like sulfur or something burning. I don't know. They don't really make it clear exactly why he smells bad. Um. It, even though it does lead to a good character moment, I did always feel that that reveal was pretty goofy. <laughs> like, also, because like it it it, it kind of pulls up, it kind of pulls a new like a facet of the curse, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Also, the the thing about it is that okay, if that's like his, if that's like his animal form that he takes, like. Why is he like that when nobody's even hugging him? Because yeah, right. Because well, what, is... what's weird is that yeah, what's weird is that like he actually uh, he uh, when when uh, when Toru actually goes and when actually Toru actually t- goes and hugs him, he turns into a cat. <laughs> yeah, is that part of his curse though? You know, he's got a separate curse being the cat. I wonder yeah. if that's part of his... 
part of his curse. So there are, what, two curses on him? Like the normal Soma curse and then an additional cat curse? I don't know. I'm waiting for an explanation. I have not... Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, yeah, it's... I can't remember either. I, I, I don't remember if the original adaptation went into it or not well but yeah i i just always felt it was like a really goofy reveal that didn't really make a whole lot of sense at all and like i'm here for like the the sort of character development and emotional development that goes that it kind of causes between him and toru um but it's just a weird premise (laughs) Well, well, I mean, you, gotta throw, you gotta throw in Kagura keeping the pot stirred up. Oh god, freaking Kagura. So, one one thing I've, I have noticed, sort of like, now that I'm older and I'm able to, like, pick up on these things, because I first watched Bruce Basket when I was, like, god, I don't know, 12? <laughs> I, was, I was pretty young, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't have the sort of uh, critical maturity I do now. But... One thing I have noticed is that this series has a lot of characters who are abusive and it's kind of, it's not necessarily excused in a lot of cases, but it is explained away that, oh, the abuse is because they love them. Um, and that is, while the series as a whole has mostly aged pretty well, that has not for me. Um, and Kagura is a prime example of it, and probably the worst example of it, in that she constantly abuses Kyo and coerces him into doing things he doesn't actually want to do, and constantly says that, oh, it's just because I love him so much. And the show kind of lets her get away with it, in a way that it doesn't with some other characters. Uh, and that really bothers me especially when it is followed immediately by an episode where kyo is highly abusive to toru when she tries to help him but that is portrayed as an actual bad thing and a flaw in kyo's character in that he abuses the people he does care for because he doesn't want them to be saddled with what he feels is his problems. I think this is a, uh, I think what this, this harkens back to a unfortunately common anime trope, which is that when a girl abuses a boy, it's treated as comedic. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that is a, uh, that is an unfortunately common anime trope that has not aged well. Yeah, especially among harem series, like the the most famous example being Love Hina, with you know that poor dude constantly getting like kicked into the stratosphere whenever he does something like completely on accident. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. It 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 does feel very much like an offshoot of that concept of like, oh, it's funny if it's the guy getting abused, um, and I guess it's just disappointing because. Fruits Basket, at least so far, has avoided a lot of the things, a lot of the stereotypes that I don't like about the harem genre. And, like, let's be honest, this kind of 
this kind of is a harem show just from the other way around. Yeah. Um, well, there's enough, but yeah, like there's Fruits Basket has been better than that so far, and it's just a little disappointing to see it, see it also indulging in those same tropes. Well, that may be part of the original storyline, and it may sort itself out. I mean, supposedly we got 52 episodes to go, so. Um, yeah, I don't know. They they don't seem to really care much about doing anything else with Kagura's character other than having her being the, the stereotypical yandere. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really have hopes for her, like, changing at all. Um, which is why I kind of hate her whenever she shows up, because it's just awful. But, yeah, I, I did really like episodes 23 and 25 because where fruits basket does excel is with its primary cast um and i did like that episode 23 uh we actually kind of got into how toru's desire to like constantly help people and constantly like be active and doing everything is you know maybe not the healthiest thing to do and like it's okay to you know get some rest you don't have to be doing things constantly and it can actually be unhealthy mm-hmm. yeah yeah i appreciate uh, i that's that is one thing i appreciate about uh, about this show is that like sort of uh you know like toru's like you know constantly like uh you know like optimistic helpful persona you know her you know self-sacrificing persona it's like where in the in a lot of other you know it, it's a stereotype of a lot of other shoujo series but yeah and a lot of other shows would be like oh isn't this character so perfect yeah but in this like uh Toru's like self-sacrificing tendency is actually treated as a character flaw. Yeah, like she has she has no balance in her life, um, and like it's nice to get an episode that it, where the point is self care is important. <laughs> um, going back to what I was saying, I I might have I've. Twenty-six episodes was the original Fruits Basket. This is twenty-five plus another twenty-five at least. So we're going to be almost doubling what the original Fruits oh. Basket was. Well, yeah. Well, that's oh, what, uh, yeah. That I mean, they're actually going to adapt the whole thing. Then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. That's because Fruits Basket stopped because they Fruits Basket the original adaptation stopped because they had caught up to the manga. Um, yep. Well, the manga is the, now complete. Yeah, the manga hadn't been finished yet. But now that the manga is finished, they can do the whole thing. Hooray! Good dunk. Well, I well, I guess we'll, I guess it remains to see if this, that's actually a good thing. I mean, I I assume the quality stays roughly consistent because it has so far. But who knows? It could always take a turn for the worse past what I saw back when I first watched it. Well, thirty-six chapters. Wow. How many chat? What? 136 chapters is the manga. Oh, yeah. In 23 volumes. Yeah. Yep. Pretty solid amount of chapters. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I I don't really have a whole lot more to say about these episodes. 24 sucks. 
because yeah, it's mostly I mean, the mostly the like boar lady. I'm, um, I'm I'm uh yeah I'm uh, kind of like four three four and a four overall. But I, I do like twenty three and twenty four a lot. I'll I'll give twenty three a five, twenty four a four. Um, just because like I still think the weird monster reveal is goofy and makes no sense. Uh, um, I didn't have a problem with the monster reveal, but uh, Kagura did did drag uh, did drag that episode down. Oh, oh right, Kagura was part of episode twenty five as well. I had blocked her out in my memory. No, she her main. <laughs> she was in episode twenty four. That was her main. That was her main thing. She was only. She had a slight surprise. Yeah, she shows up at the end of twenty five. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, also 23 had a really great part in it where I think it's Momiji, right? Like, uh, the bunny. Yeah. Uh, Soma, like, goes to take, uh, Toru's place at her work. And, like, the other two ladies who are there don't even question it because he's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is a really good goo- I like that gag a lot. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so five, two, and a four for me. Uh, I would give it a, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually gonna go with, I'm gonna give, uh, I'm gonna give it a four, three, and a four. Alright. He took my score. Sounds good. How about the series overall? I give the series overall a four. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, so, well, I guess season overall, um, Yep. Yeah, I can definitely agree with a four. Uh, it's a very solid show. One of the one of the best romance series I've ever seen. Uh, definitely has its issues, particularly with with its side characters who are very hit or miss. Um, but when it's focusing on its main cast, it's almost always fantastic. So yeah, four. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, all right, so let's move on to Carol and Tuesday, episodes 21 through 23. Hmm, mom died. Yeah, right. So, so what happened was is that uh, Angela's, uh, Angela's mom, Angela's mom, you know, okay, she, she spends a little bit of time in the hospital, but eventually drops, but eventually dies. Uh, and this is this, and and her death happens, like right when Angela, like right on the very day that Angela is supposed to perform at the Grammys. And uh-huh. it actually makes uh, makes for like the end of episode twenty two is very effective because because the the second half of the episode it actually covers covers the Grammys, so like it has. <clears throat> So it has, uh, you know, Carol and Tuesday give a fine performance, and then, and, and like, and then Angela, and then after that, you know, Angela wins, actually Angela wins the Grammy for Best New Artist, and she comes on, gives her performance, gives her performance, which is just like, it comes from the heart, you know, because it, it, it goes, it, it, it really goes into her her feelings of, uh, you know, her, her, her feelings of isolation and, uh, pain and like, and all the stuff that, all the stuff she's going through it, 
she just pours it out and then yeah, collapses saying. on stage at the right after finishing her song. Yeah, because she's very well medicated on top of it, self-medicated on top of it. Yeah, be- because yeah, because what happens is that after like you know after her mom after her mom collapses and goes to the hospital like Angela starts taking starts popping pills. And yeah, if you read so some it, of those pill boxes, that I mean, wow, she was taking some pretty high class stuff. So, as an outside observer, it is interesting to me that they're taking it in that direction because before I stopped watching the show, I did actually feel that Angela was starting to be the more interesting character with also the music that I liked more. So it's fascinating that they're actually kind of leaning into that. Oh, what? That, they're, the part of, because the records that they're relating the episode names to, uh, they're getting to that time, uh, well, actually a little past it now, but there was that time of American music like boom, boom, boom for me. You know, it was Janis Joplin, uh, Jimi Hendrix, and Jim Morrison, bang, 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 all of them from some sort of recreational, self-medicational oopsie. And they, I have to admit, they tastefully did Angela's overdose, but her recovery is, uh, I want to see how her recovery works out, because so far her recovery's not working out so good. Well, well, okay, at the, actually, at the end of episode 23, at the end of episode 23, it gets interesting, because it has, because, uh, like, okay, one subplot going on is that, okay, Tao... He, uh, okay, he, he's, Tao is released on bail, and so, like, while he's on bail, he's, uh, basically, uh, basically, well, basically cyber attacking, uh, the guy, like, hacking into, uh, hacking into the guy behind, the guy, like, the man behind Jerry, the political Hoffner. consultant dude. Oh, no, wait, no, wrong one. Hang on a second. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that, that fat, that fat uh, blonde Schwartz. Dude. Yeah, Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah, Schwartz. Schwartz is the political mastermind behind uh, Jerry, who's behind his, uh, Tuesday's mom's campaign, which is taking some interesting paralleling current events turns. That yeah. Anyway. Uh. Right. And right. And so, like, okay. So while Tao's like plotting, Tao's plotting his revenge, which I am. Thoroughly looking forward to because right now he hasn't he hasn't uh, he hasn't dropped he hasn't he, dropped the hammer he hasn't dropped the hammer uh, he hasn't dropped the hammer yet but he's done he's done some hacking and he's basically evading like evading Schwartz's people um, and like but it's like while he's doing that he's getting text messages messages from Angela calling for help you know. You know, so like Angela's alone, you know, because her her mom's in the hospital, and Tao has oh, just dead. been arrested, and he didn't, and he hasn't come back to her, and her AI is like base, uh, and the like the AI version of her is like, you know, I get, you know, uh, you know, I'm you. I can we just, don't I can just you. be, yeah, yeah, we, I can just yeah, be we you. We don't need you anymore. Yeah, we don't need you anymore. Go away. Die. Uh, Oops. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and, uh, right, but then at the end of episode 23, while Tao's on the run, he shows up in Angela's hospital room 
after she's like, you know, recovering from recovering from her overdose. And and while all this is going on, Carol and Tuesday sing at the Grammys with Crystal. Now I only have one. I, I, maybe I can understand their logic. Maybe I can't. But Crystal is voiced by Maya Sakamoto. Maya Sakamoto sings very well in English. Why they got an artist to overdub a person who can sing in English and English confuses the hell out of me, but I'm sure there's a good reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they also... Well, yeah, I mean, Carolyn Tuesday's like, uh, you know, their voice actresses are totally different from their singing, singing, well, yeah, uh, their and, singing voices. And, as and, well. and neither one of them, neither one of them professes to be proficient in English, which Maya Sakamoto is. Yeah. And neither of them have ever, at least not that I can find, have ever sung in English, which Maya Sakamoto has. So, setting that all aside, that's just my two cents worth. Because Maya has a pretty voice, but da-da, whatever. Um, so they finish the Grammys, and of course, uh, as they're finishing the Grammys, Angela comes out, sings, and falls flat on her uh, face. Well, actually, she more lands on her side, but yeah. So yeah. while they got her in the hospital, we switch to Jerry, Tuesday's brother. And, no, Spencer is Spencer, yeah, Spencer and Kyle. Kyle is investigating and has figured out that Jerry's responsible for the explosion that started this whole thing. Uh, and also, any artist lately that has been singing uh, protest, is, especially if they're a um, minority or uh, immigrant artist, they're being immediately arrested. Yeah, there's, there's this political thing that's going on. Well, anyway, uh, Kyle wants to drop the bomb, and uh, Spencer wants to talk to Mom before he does, and Kyle finally looks at him and says, no, 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 no. If you tell your mother what we've got, they'll just bury it, and it'll never come to the light of day, and no, we need to drop the bomb, and your mother's just going to get caught in the blast. So that's also going on. But... Um, with all this, uh, Carol and Tuesday are putting together their own little Woodstock, inviting all the artists they can get, and they're going to protest the way the planet's being run. Hmm. Interesting. But that's where episode 23 pretty much leaves us. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to episode 24, that's for sure. I've, uh, this has actually been a really good run of episodes. I'm the, I'm giving uh, him I'm giving him fours. Yeah, I give him fours. I actually, uh, when they performed the last cut on the album in the church, with uh, Toby playing the church organ, uh, that was pretty good. And uh, Angela walking down the aisle in the church, looking or not Angela, a Crystal walking down the aisle in the church and looking at him, going, "Okay, yeah, if you guys pull this off in the church and make it sound this good, I'll sing with you." Yeah, that was that was all good. I give them all fours too. Uh, boss. Yep. Uh, all right. Yeah, uh, we're done. I think. Cool. Uh, so next up is Dumbbell Non Kilo Motoru, uh, episodes eleven and twelve. 
to finish off the dumbbell season. Oh yeah, this uh, <laughs> yeah this was a this was a fun bunch. Uh, let's see, uh, episode twelve was especially was especially was especially memorable because like there it it okay yeah they're on the let's see like they're on the beach and they have a they have a beauty contest <laughs> and, and you know with a with a talent competition so like. Uh, like Sakura, like so Sakura does her like basically destroying the punching bag thing. Yep. Uh, and uh, and uh, and uh, Akimi does uh, handstand push-ups. It's quite impressive. I gotta gotta say. Yeah. Uh, and then the, so so. They can't decide who the winner is, so now we're going to have a roll-off between Hibiki and Akimi. Yeah, it's an arm wrestling competition, except that uh, that uh, at the end, like uh, at the end, uh, Hibiki is basically so hungry that she uh, has no energy for uh, she has no energy for arm wrestling, so she immediately just loses. She just, she doesn't well, even try. Uh, no, it was no, they were laying on their back doing bench presses. Oh, that's oh, that's right. No, yeah, it wasn't arm wrestling. It was a yeah, it was a bench press competition. Yeah, Yeah. bench press competition. And then, sitting on the beach a little further down, was uh, Tachibana and all of her friends, and they're all getting royally toasted (laughs) and watching this, going, "Sure, we could do that. No problem." The whole premise of this... Oh, I, the one thing I like, the, almost the last thing in the show, is that after this is all said and done, the scene pans to a scale, and Hibiki is walking towards the scale, and she steps up on the scale, and she looks on the scale, and she gets this huge grin on her face, and she gets off the scale and walks off. Yeah. Because the whole idea was to start exercising because Hibiki is on a seafood diet. She sees it, she eats it. The only problem is that she's young and her metabolism is still going at a uh, high enough rate to keep up. But she's kind of, uh, she's got a kilo here and a kilo there that's kind of instantly appearing that she's not happy about. She won't quit eating, so she's, yeah, it's exercise so you can eat. <laughs> the idea is you're supposed to limit your caloric intake and then exercise so you can because all she basically does is maintain and if she doesn't exercise she re-increases again so she's whatever but it I, I just, it, it made for a great story because every time she'd be sitting there wolfing down food uh, Zena, Kimi, Ayaka would look at her and go uh, aren't you getting fat? Beep! Yeah. Uh, I give these episodes four and the series overall a four. Same here. This was a fun. This was a fun show. I. It I, was. I. Well, and I tell you what. He, this is. This was the uh, pretty much the premier main role for Hibiki's voice actress, and uh, she pulled it off really well. 
All right. Well, uh, let's talk about Dr. Stone, episodes 10 through 12. Dr. Stone is still really good, turns out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, go ahead. No, yeah, you, you go. I was just agreeing with you. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to get ready to say something. Uh, yeah, so episodes um, 10 through 12 uh, cover... Um, cover the kingdom of science getting ready for like the uh the major tournament that's coming up um basically i think it's gen right gen is the creepy guy uh gen is the mentalist guy they uh like who who was revived by tsukasa and sent over to okay. sent over to spy on the village yeah so I, I am thinking of the right one yeah the creepy guy so gen gets severely injured by i think it's magma is yeah magma who's like the local Uh, bully because magma thinks he's a sorcerer yeah magma's like a local bully in the village yeah uh magma local jackass um nearly murders gen um and uh it's revealed that like a tournament is coming up soon and the winner will uh will marry oh gosh what's her name Rory because with an R Rory Rory that's Kohaku's sister oh, man I ha- I should have just guessed it because I, I my gut was right um but unfortunately uh the actual strongest person <laughs> cannot marry her because she's her sister so that's you know yes maybe not the best thing right so uh yeah so Kohaku is uh uh Basically, uh, training uh, Ginro and Kinro outside the village. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Senku and uh, Chrome. Why can't I remember his name? Chrome. Meanwhile, Senku and Chrome are uh, basically trying to. Well, first they create glass, um, and create and make glasses for the tiny girl who wears a like gourd for a hat her name is suika suika which is the Um, japanese word for watermelon okay oh oh right yeah of of course so they make glasses for suika basically um and then they move on to a thing that senku has been dreading which we find out is collecting sulfuric acid which he can use to make a sulfa drug to try and cure Ruri. The problem is, as we find out uh, in episode 12, is that collecting sulfuric acid is incredibly dangerous uh, because uh, sulfuric acid is heavier... Well, the the fumes it gives off is heavier than air, um, which means it sinks down to the bottom. And if you actually get it in your lungs you will very quickly die <laughs> so uh episode 11 is and 12 is basically them getting some more people to help them get the materials they need to actually safely co- collect sulfuric acid so that means in episode 11 um sort of uh chrome basically kidnaps <laughs> 
um, this old craftsman who very quickly decides to help them when he sees Chrome and Senku making absolute fools of themselves, trying to blow glass, and is like, basically gets driven insane by how bad they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I cannot stand to watch you fools try and make glass anymore. Here, let me do it. Your, let me do it myself. You people are embarrassing yourselves. Um, and proceeds to make make amazing glass, and also he's crazy buff. Uh, just just this old man with like tons of muscles, and it's it's hilarious when he breaks out of the uh, ropes that Chrome has tied him in. And Senku's like, "Wait, how did you even collect him?" <laughs> uh, and then episode twelve, they have to create like a gas mask. Uh, and there's this whole thing where the old man, like, just so happens to accidentally, to quote-unquote accidentally create an extra gas mask after he gives, uh, I think it's Ginro, right? Uh, yeah, Ginro, right, Ginro's kind of like a... Yeah, Ginro for silver, Kinro for gold. Right. Um, he, ge- he gives, he gives Ginro a pep talk about, like, being brave uh, and not being afraid uh, to, well, that that fear is that fear is good, but uh, because it helps you survive. But you need to be able to control that fear to get anything done, uh, which gives him the pep talk he needs to uh, join Senku and Chrome on their sulfuric acid uh, collection adventure, and just barely save Chrome from. Just straight up dissolving in the lake of sulfuric acid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. It's like, like for most of like, like for like most of the show, Ginro has been kind of insufferable. But yeah, he's been like a slightly more tolerable version of Zen- of Zenitsu from uh, Demon Slayer, but only just slightly more tolerable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when we talk about Demon Slayer, we're going to get into that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, he kind of sucks. <laughs> except, yeah, except yeah. in episode 12, he actually steps it up. So I gotta give him props for that. Yeah. Um, also, I also I do like the the interactions between Kohaku and, Kohaku and Chrome, where Kohaku is like, look, I know... You like my sister. Uh, sorry that we're gonna have Ginro and Kinro try to marry her instead, but like, you're not a fighter, and right now that's that's what the village cares about. Um, and then there's that goof where she's like, "Well, if if you like, as a consolation prize, I can marry you instead." Um, and then they have like a good gag where Chrome was like, "Ah." Your sister is more my type. I didn't. I don't really go for the gorilla types, um, and also they're totally going to get together at some point. I assume. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I really like all the interactions between these characters, except for like most of Genro because he normally kind of sucks, except for at the very end of episode twelve. Um, but yeah, I like all the characters that they're gathering. Um, I like 
I like the new complications they're introducing and like constantly giving these characters goals to accomplish. So Senku isn't just like, you know, doing scientific progress just cause like there is a specific thing he needs to do within a very specific time limit. Um, which like gives a nice structure to why he is choosing the specific technological progressions that he is. Uh, it's just a really well structured and well written series. Yeah, um, and I enjoyed these series of episodes quite a bit. <clears throat> yep, I'm giving these episodes fives. This show has been bringing it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um. Let me think. Uh, I think, yeah, it's funny because, like, I don't really have a whole lot to say about Dr. Stone because there's not a ton of thematic depth for it outside of, like, the weird, like, <laughs> uh, social structure tangent we went on last time we talked about this show, but that's not really directly addressed by it. It's just kind of something that you can get into, like, if you really take it to a... a if if as fans you start to like dig into it a bit more but yeah it's it's a show where there's not a it doesn't go into a whole lot of thematic depth but it's just you know it's just really good mostly <laughs> so i feel bad for not talking about it more but also like there's not there's not a ton to talk about um so yeah i guess we'll move on to fire force episodes 9 to 11 which I, I just kind of decided to skip on. I just, I sort of was thinking about, like, should I catch up with Fire Force? And then I just realized I didn't care. It's... Yeah, these episodes were kind of a mixed bag. Um, like, like, okay, so, like, like they have, like, the overall story, like, like, the overplot is pretty decent, but... They're playing. They play up the whole like Tamaki as fan service girl to an absurd degree. Uh... Like, you know, it yeah, it it she's actually like yeah. It, it turns out like like okay, her tendency to get like her tendency to get in, into these like edgy situations and whatnot is like it's practically a superpower for her. Uh. It, I mean, this is, it's like something you'd see out of, like, Two Love Rue. Whereas, you know, <laughs> in Two Love Rue, it sort of kind of works, because Two Love Rue is, uh, is like a harem rom-com, but... Yeah, it's meant to be, like, an edgy comedy. Right, but, no, yeah, but Fire Force is, like, a shonen action-adventure. <laughs> yeah, where in, like, the previous episode, the last one I bothered watching, like the the joke character who has that quote unquote superpower was like used for an emo for like an emotional beat because like she got the shit kicked out of her in a in a way that was meant to be disturbing. Oh uh, yeah, and in episode nine she gets her clothes burned off. G dope. I love that they're still doing that. Great. <laughs> yeah. Friggin' fire force. Get your act together. Yeah, that's... I mean, like, you know, I'm not normally bothered by... I'm not normally bothered by fan service stuff, but... 
But the way they're putting it, the way they have it in this show is just jarring and out of place. And doesn't... Yeah, I, I, I'm usually the one who gets most upset about that, and it really says something that even you're, you seem to be having, like, enough of it. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's kind of a shame because, like, because, like, the rest of it, like the, the like the main story, the main storyline is really compelling. I mean, yeah, and and it, there it actually advances. It actually advances quite a bit in these episodes because, like, okay, because like, okay, so the traitor, uh, uh, Rekka Hoshimiya, uh, who's like the the traitor in uh in uh, Squad One, he uh, you know, okay, he fights Shinra, but like while he's doing that. He like he, he he praises Shinra for having you know for having like these like uh, let's see like uh, like pure flames or something uh, they actually use the like the term like Adela burst or something like that uh, which which is basically especially an especially pure kind of fire uh, okay. and and huh. uh, it, you know he sort of suggests that. He sort of suggests, and he like makes reference, and he makes reference to this, uh, this like this evangelist figure who's like leading his movement, leading the movement to well, basically burn the world, and oh, cool, Dope. and and to basically make <laughs> to basically make the earth as hot as the sun. Uh, all right, <laughs> um, yeah, which is like okay, that's. Kind of, that's kind of over the top. Uh, yeah, that's pretty silly, like but also scientifically like... impossible. Right, but he. Uh, but... Okay, I just wanted to. I sorry, I heard that, and I just yeah. I needed to count. It's that's more, fair. Yeah, it's, it's scientifically impossible, but I'll let you guys go at it again. But also, he's an anime villain, so you yeah, expect some no it's nonsensical just... theatrics. Also, this is a little singy here, a little singy there. I understand. Also, it's magic fire. Um. Yeah, true. <laughs> right, but but he also suggests he also suggests that the uh, like like the evangelists uh, the evangelist movement has uh, they somehow they cap they uh, captured uh, Shinra's brother and and th- okay, so he's not dead. Yes, yeah, and this is conf- and this is sort of kind of confirmed, sort of kind of confirmed by because uh, later on. Uh, Joker, the guy who was in episode three, uh, you know, the, oh yeah, that guy, yeah, that guy, he shows up, he shows up and tells, uh, yeah, and tells Shinra, uh, you know, and tells Shinra before, you know, like running off, he tells Shinra, he tells Shinra that, yeah, they have his brother and, uh, they've basically raised up, they've basically raised up his brother to be a leader of the evangelist movement. Uh, so, okay, that classic plot beats. So yeah, so eventually, supposedly, Shinra's gonna have to fight his brother, which okay, I, that could work. That's working. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the in the abstract, you know, that's that's a good story idea. I'm you know theoretically into where Fire Force is going. I just wish it didn't. Yeah. I just wish it didn't shoot itself in the foot so often. <laughs> yeah, and and like. And uh, yeah, but uh, and of course in episode nine, uh, 
Yeah, Rekka is uh, actually, uh, you know, after he's defeated, you know, so, like, Shinra's sort of, okay, holding his own, and, like, this time it's not just, like, them punching each other. There's actually some sense of tactics where, like, you know, where Shinra's basically using mobility and footwork to counteract uh, Rekka's greater strength, you know? And so he's actually thinking, he's actually, you know, so, like, uh, you know, Shinra is actually thinking about his moves, you know, so, like, tactically interesting. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, so that part of the fight's interesting, except, you know, yeah, except for, like, the, the fan service bits when, you know, Tanaki gets her clothes burned off and uh, all that, which is... Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, okay, you know, a fight to the death, fight to the death, not a good time to have a fan service moment. No, not exactly. Not appropriate. At least when it was confined to like the weirdly, like the weirdly spaced sh- the, when they just suddenly would have shower scenes, like at least those were mo, at least those were meant to be like relaxing moments that were kind of supposed to be moments of levity, right? You know, they were still very blatantly only there for fan service, but at least it wasn't tonally jarring, right? Yeah, in this case it is, and it. It's it was very off put very very off putting even for me, uh, but but right but but then uh, it turns out that they uh, you know after after Rekka is defeated with the help of the other like Squad One guys, uh, you know because Karim uh, Karim the the guy who has like the ice the ice thing, uh, he uh, he freezes he freezes Rekka and uh, captures. And it's like supposedly got him captured, but then a sniper shoots, and then a sniper shoots him. Uh, so Rekka's dead. Uh, no more flame of Rekka. <laughs> so sad. Uh, <laughs> That'll be a joke that like ten people get. <laughs> yeah, I got that one. Never watched that show, but I got the joke. Uh. Yeah, same. I haven't watched it either. I just know it exists. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, continue. Uh, yeah, that's basically... Uh, yeah, and uh, let's see. Episode 11. Episode 11 was actually interesting because it, it actually goes into the backstory behind uh, the formation of Squad 8. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it shows how... Uh, yeah, so it shows how uh, Obi and Hinoa met up and uh, and formed the squad, you know, and yeah, so that was cool. So all in all, I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna give these episodes threes, or I might give episode all I might right. give episode eleven a four because there isn't as much of the. Uh, there isn't quite as much of the quite isn't quite as much of the stupid, but uh, yeah, episodes nine and ten I'll give threes, and episode eleven I'll give a four. All right, um, I guess next up is Grand Belm episodes ten through thirteen. Well, we finally figure out what the battle's all about. 
It looks like they've been battling for the last thousand years to find a powerful mage to take over the, all the magic that's been sealed away from humanity. For a thousand years. Yeah, yeah. So it's so like so the backstory. So it looked so like previously it was like the idea was that it somehow you know there was only like enough magic to support one mage in the world. And so everybody's fighting over, like, who's going to be that mage who gets all the magic. Um, but it turned out that it's not just—it's not that magic is some sort of, like, dwindling resource. Uh, dwindling resource. It, it, was a, it was intentionally sealed away because people were afraid of the—people uh, were afraid of the, dam the damage it could do if it was abused. And— it looks like it's very easily abused, too. And, and so the whole point behind Granbelm was basically finding a mage, finding a mage who could use this magic power properly. Uh, and so basically, yeah. We have four episodes where we thin the field down and find out a few other things. Right, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, okay, yeah, so there's various reveals along the way where it turns out that, that, uh, that Mangat, that, uh, yeah, Mangetsu, the main, supposedly the main character, was actually a doll, uh, created, sort of created by, uh, Shingetsu's desire for a friend. And, you know, because, you know, so, like, basically, you know, like, Shingetsu, because, she, you know, because she'd been basically been so, like, lonely and isolated and needed a friend, and she unconsciously uh, created a friend, which was Mangetsu. So, Mangetsu has to which deal with... Which explains why Mangetsu... Well, it Fair. explains why Mangetsu had power almost equal to Shingetsu's, too. Yeah. They deal with that. Uh, yeah, and then it turns yeah. out that uh, that actually that Suisho, who's like who sort of becomes like the final boss villain of this whole show, uh, that Suisho... She's was actually put in, is has actually been in place for a thousand years, and she was put in place to be like the final test, the final the test guardian. for the uh, the final test, uh, like for the uh, that the that whoever becomes like the princess mage has to overcome. Which also leads me to believe that she's not human. Right. Because she makes several references to Shingetsu going, yeah, well, you humans are weak, you humans are... So she was the not only the final boss, but she was the guardian. If you could defeat the guardian, then you could have access to the magic. Yeah. Uh, and... Right. And, yeah, so, like, the last... So, like, the last three episodes are mostly battles, which are kind of cool. Loud, but cool. Yeah. In fact, I thought I was watching Sinful Gear for a minute, and then I took a look at some of the voice cast and said, oh, yeah, I am watching Sinful Gear. 
<laughs> but right. needless to say, <laughs> needless to say, uh, Kion's sister wakes up when Kion is terminated because she was actually part of her sister. And at least when her sister woke up, she realized that Kion was still part of her. And the, the erasing of personality that's involved in this fight when somebody is either uh well a we found out that you can actually die doing this most of the time you were defeated but no you can die doing this uh, anna died and was replaced by rosa uh kiln uh died and her consciousness was transported into her comatose sister that had been Cursed by Shaisu, yeah. What a what a chain of events. Uh. <clears throat> anyway, right. anyway it, it all said and done. After Megatsu and Shinsu defeat Shiso, and Shinkatsu is sitting there getting ready to accept the power, she gets told, you know, if you cancel all the magic, then everything you know is not going to happen and you may not exist and she gives her all these things that like you know if you do all this uh, uh, you're going to lose a lot on this deal and she's like fine which kind of surprised yeah yeah so yeah so yeah so she actually she uh she sticks to her guns and uh uses essentially uses the magic power that she's given as the princess mage to erase all the magic power in the world. So, there will never be another mage ever again. And it tells me there's not enough, there won't be any magic in the world either. Right. And Because when we go to the next scene, she's in that glowy kind of transparent state where I don't think really anybody recognized her, but she recognizes everybody around her. Yeah. And then that, that last scene where she's in the classroom and the transfer student walks in, I have a feeling that's a Mangatsu, but a human Mangatsu. Right, because, right, because there's a... Yeah, because there's the implication that even though even though Mangatsu was created as was created as a doll, she had grown sort of sort of enough. She had uh, sort of grown enough that she had become her own person, and could thus like and could thus uh, have a possibility of a continued existence. And what I am trying to figure out is what this came from. If this is anime, oh, it is anime original. It's anime original. Uh, the director, uh, the director was the guy who directed uh, Re Zero. Have they set themselves up for a second season, or is this all we're going to see? I think this uh, this is pretty much the story's basically finished here, and uh, and it was pretty maybe an OVA or OVA or a movie or something, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, but I don't think they need it. They, uh, I think this was, uh, pretty, I mean, I mean, it, yeah, it actually had a conclusive conclusion, which finished the story in a pretty well. 
And it was an all-around pretty okay. solid show, which I would give a four. Yeah, I give the whole show a four, the episodes a four. Um, I was kind of surprised. I had to watch the last half of the last episode a couple of times for it to sink in. Uh, because the dialogue went so fast. But, uh, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think pleasantly surprised would be a word. I wasn't really sure what we were going to get going into this. And, of course, again, with it on the, uh, the same season as Sinful Gear, it's, there's times that you have to stop and say, well, wait a minute, what am I watching here? Uh, I wouldn't confuse this with Sinful Gear. Not even the slightest. Well, uh, I'm easily confused. Of course, now I could tell Copcraft the minute it started, so that was good. <laughs> oh, and we'll get to that in a minute. I guess you guys are going to talk about uh, the Dear Lord. Yeah, so about that. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I kind of forgot to watch Lord El Malloy. <laughs> was not intentional i was just so out of it that like so why don't we why don't we hold off on discussing that until next episode yeah because i do absolutely want to watch lord el malloy 10 through 12 it's just i was so out of it like a couple like over the past few days where like once i finished fruits basket and uh and uh, uh dr stone and uh demon slayer i was like all right i'm pretty sure i'm done i can't think of any other shows i care about and just totally lord elmoloy just did not cross my mind okay we'll have another episode to watch uh, anyways yeah next week the next week is going to be uh episode 13 which is going to finish this show which is going to finish the series so uh so we'll cover the we'll cover the rest of the show on our next podcast yeah we'll we'll cover it then so um Larry and Ben, y'all can talk about Cobcraft uh, 9.5 to 11, and then um, if he Ben and I will five. finish off by talking about Demon Slayer. Uh, okay. 9.5 was just a recap. I didn't even watch that. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, Larry I, put it in the list, well, the so reason... I, don't, I don't know. Uh, so just 10 and 11 then, I guess. Well, yeah, the they're, they're basically continuing because... the plot line that was set up in the second half of episode 9, um, okay, which is one, that one there's a mayoral election going on and the yeah. candidates keep dropping dead. No, they uh, keep dying. There's ooh, a difference. It's so spooky. So like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they're so the guy they're uh, being murdered. Well, not dropping dead. They keep getting assassinated. Um, there uh, you go. There's the problem. And, and this is in like uh, sort of in the context of uh, in the context of like well racial tensions between uh, between Earth people and uh, Simonians. Yeah, uh, you know, we we want to build up the uh, you know where uh, where like a lot of the uh, you know where you know the Earth people well they they treat Simonians as like this alien other that uh, yeah well in a way as, they as, are. you know it's kind of like this unwanted immigrant population uh and well. And, There's hands right. and have-nots, so, and, they, like, and okay, they, think, so in episode, they think the guys from the other the side of the gate are getting the hands. In the second half of episode nine, uh, like one of the uh, candidates for mayor 
of the city uh, gets assassinated, gets, assassin gets assassinated supposedly by a Simonian, uh, leaving we, we two candidates left not. on the field. And then in episode, and then in, in uh, I think, yeah, and, and so then, then in these episodes, uh, one of the other ones, one of the other candidates is, is uh, gets assassinated. This time, not by a, not not by a Simonian, but actually by a uh, by a by a uh, by an Earthman who uh, using uh, using Simonian magic. Yeah, he was an angel uh, in disguise. So, so an Earthman pretending to be a Simonian, basically. And huh. and the thing is, is yeah, that well, the kid the, that, gets, the... that gets assassinated this time is. Uh, Basically, the same guy who uh, the same guy who had been uh, implicated in the uh, prostitution sting uh, earlier in the season, and and you know, except that in terms of uh, he was a relative moderate uh, in terms of uh, his uh, his platform for how to treat Somanian Somanian immigrants, which so it makes uh, you know the idea that a Somanian would assassinate him kind of baffling, and. Well, yeah, there's turns out there's something behind it, and like in episode eleven, it suggested, okay, maybe his wife is behind this. Yeah, because his wife now takes up his candidacy. His wife because there was only one candidate left because she was the one who actually hired a who uh, hired a hitman to take out the uh, take out the uh, prostitute that was gonna basically. Uh, oh, that's right, Zoe. Uh, you know, uh, rat out her husband. Ah, and. Uh, you guys can hear me, right? And the uh, yeah, but uh, and uh, episode eleven, episode eleven ends with actually a pretty uh, like a pretty tense cliffhanger as the uh, hmm. uh, yeah, a pretty tense cliffhanger. As uh, the uh, you know while they're you know while they're investigating while they're they're talking to this uh, they're talking to this guy who has like who has a picture of a meeting between the uh, the assassin the assassin and the candidate's wife uh, and who's like in fear for his life in fear for his life and then the FBI shows up except it turns out that all the FBI agents who are, who uh, who capture you know Matabo and Talarna? Uh, the FBI agents are actually puppets of Zelada, the like necromancer dude from earlier in the season. Oh, okay. So. Also, oh, let's. Yeah. Well, let, let's see if we can get Larry back here. Because <laughs> apparently, the reason why you've been on your own is oh. because. We cannot hear Larry's audio. Oh. And Larry had just rejoined the Discord chat, and we still cannot hear him. Oh. I assume he's trying to talk. Oh, good times. Uh. Yeah. So, the story is the story of Copcraft, like, this, like you know, the story is solid. I'm enjoying it. 
I like the characters. The interplay between uh, Matova and Talarna, and uh, also the uh, you know also like the interplay between all the other cops on the all the other cops on the force. Also very nice. Thing uh, is though, can you guys hear me now? Yes, we can. Larry hear you is now. back. Well, you're you're. No, you're going to have all sorts of comments that I was trying to get the the band. So when you put this together, Dusty, oh, you're going to have fun because I thought that know, is going to be an editing cause, nightmare because the the little light was flashing and I was trying to get Ben to stop talking. And yeah, hello. Oh boy, I'm sorry. Oh boy. Can't wait. <laughs> no, it's uh, well, it's when I talk. Can you hear me? And Dusty said no. I'm like, oh great. I mean, all this commentary I've made is well, you've got a commentary track. Hot dog. Yeah, I probably should have checked earlier because I thought it was weird that you hadn't chimed in at all. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's Discord's crashing. And no server, no connection, no this, no that, and then it jumps in and out. So I don't know. Since you're the server, are you having? I'm fine. Yeah, I don't I know, know what's happening. Yeah, well, my Discord is working pretty. I don't know my, what's going my Discord on, man. is working. Well, okay. you guys are on the right side of the mountain. I'm on the other side of the mountain. <laughs> it's the mountain. We'll blame it on the mountain. Anyway, so so yeah. Uh, Go blame it on the mountain. So, so anyway, yes. So the wife is getting the sympathy vote. Uh, I will get a couple comments in here. Oh yes. And uh, because we were down to one candidate, and well, you can't have an election with one candidate. So somebody was going to have to fill the slot. So the wife's taking it over. She says she's got her husband's opinions. I no, I don't think so. She may be running on his platform. Did Larry just cut out for you too? Yeah, ben? I heard the word husband, <laughs> and then Larry just suddenly cut out. Hello. Yep, same. <sighs> okay, Larry's Discord went. Uh, went Hooray. Uh, we're so close. We almost, we almost got through it all. Okay. So, to continue. Uh, <laughs> I like the story. The animation and the production values are crap. The, which is really a shame. I, I really yeah, wish a decent studio could have had this project. Yeah, can you hear me now? No. Are you going to be back? But overall, I'm going to give these episodes fours. Uh. Oh. Oh. Okay. I think he's trying to make it work. So again. now Larry's trying. To, now Larry's trying to reboot his reboot his whole computer. Hello. Okay. Oh, there he is. He's back. Bye. Yeah, I give him fours. Uh, there'll be comments in there. Uh, you can blend them in. I don't know what's going on, but it's Discord that's crashing because I'm still recording audio and I still have internet, so I don't know what the heck's going on. Huh. Weird. 
So I give them fours. I'm waiting for the next episode to see how this all ends. And right now you guys go talk about Dr. What's-It's, and then it's not going to mess up anymore. See, that's how this all going to work. Hey, you're, yeah, you're, probably. See, you haven't had any problems, Dusty. You passed them on. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I forgive. Anyway, I'll, you guys go talk about whatever you're talking about, and maybe I'll come back and finish up, and maybe I won't. Well, it just depends on how the internet gods are, or the computer got. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, it. so up next is Demon Slayer. Yeah. Uh, uh, up through episode 25 is what I've seen. Yep. So yep. There's, like only, uh, one, the show. there's like only one more episode in the season. Oh, I thought uh, I thought the the episode uh, that just came out was the last one for this season. Uh, well, okay, there's going to be a uh, okay. There, there's I think there's supposed to be a new one because the um, in a few days. Oh, really? Okay. Um, okay, so it's going to end on twenty six for this season. Yeah. Then. Except, problem is, problem is, is that uh, like okay, the like the episode title for episode twenty six is. Well, let's see. New mission, which means they're gonna have they're gonna have a chance to barely start the next arc. Yeah, we're gonna start an arc and then have hi- have a hiatus. That's why I thought episode twenty five was like the final one for this season, because it was like, all right, we're everyone's recovered. We're gonna start on our next mission. See you next season. At least I assumed that's what it was. <laughs> well, except at the at, at the end of episode twenty five, you got like, okay, you 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 got a sense of okay, what the next mission is going to involve? It's a train, because because uh, there was that there was that scene there was that scene in the episode where like uh, some dude getting killed on a train. Oh right, yeah, hell yeah, love trains. Um, yes, so. Yeah, I I guess we should probably talk about Demon Slayer in general here. Um, this show rules. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I binged it like gosh, like probably four or five episodes at a time each day, which I very rarely do for anime. So, given how difficult it is to get me to catch up on literally anything unless I'm forced to by this podcast, that should say something about how much I like Demon Slayer. Um, and, like, really the only things that I do not like about this show is Zenitsu, who is just maybe one of the worst side characters I have ever seen in a show. Um, he is like Mineta level of insufferable like I'd probably even say Mineta is more tolerable because at least when Mineta appears on screen the episode typically doesn't just grind to a halt while Mineta screams at the camera for like five minutes Uh, Mineta sucks don't get me wrong and My Hero Academy would be far better if he just never existed. But Zenitsu somehow is even worse to me. Yes, because... Uh, yes, well, because... Okay, I think as characters, they're equally bad. Because and they both have the same problem, is that they are cowardly and they are pervy. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
but but the thing about thing about Mineta is that he is one person in a class of twenty, so he only occasionally gets enough screen time to uh, uh, well only he only occasionally gets screen time. Yeah, then, uh, Zenitsu, on the other hand, is one member of a team of three. Four, if you count Nezuko, which you probably should, because Nezuko's awesome. Yeah, Nezuko rules. Like she, Nezuko, I was like honestly surprised because what I was expecting. Like, when you tell me a premise of, like, oh, yeah, Demon Slayer is a show where you have the main character who is a cool dude, um, and then he has, like, a cute little sister who he keeps in a box, and that initially sounds very bad, (laughs) but it ends up actually being, like, really dope because Nezuko actually gets quite a bit to do. Yeah. She comes out of, she, and like whenever, and whenever, and also like they they have made her powerful enough um, that you know that when she comes out to start fighting, shit has gone down. Right, because she's got like yeah, because she's a demon, and but she's got like the full set of demon powers and demon strength. Yeah, like, Nezuko is, like, they make Nezuko legit a threat, um, on par with Tanjiro. Um, so, you know, like, when she comes out, it's a big deal, because Tanjiro is probably getting his ass kicked, and Nezuko needs to come out to save him. Um, and it's especially true, like, during, oh gosh, I think it was episode 19? Um, where Nezuko, like, burns, um, burns, like, the spider threads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she releases her... And then Tanjiro... releases her demon bloodline power. Yeah, which is, like, the first time she's done that, if I remember correctly. Uh, so not only is it a big surprise, but also Tanjiro, for the first time, unleashes a fire skill for his blade instead of a water skill. Um, and it's just, like, the coolest thing, um, and that often happens when Nezuko Nezuko comes out, is that, like, everything she does is cool or cute, um, so she just becomes a character that you always love seeing, uh, because something good is going to happen, regardless of it's, regardless of whether it's going to be something badass or it's going to be something adorable, like for example, her running away from, uh, from the demon slayers trying to kill her by like changing into like short child form and just like hopping around like friggin' Yoda. <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah, and okay, and and okay, and yeah, and Nezuko. Okay, in a sense, she makes like uh, she makes uh, Zenitsu appear to be even worse because Zenitsu is like perving on Nezuko, and she's like twelve. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Like the whole thing where Nezuko is revealed, and Zenitsu is initially freaking out because he smelled a demon in Tanjiro's box, um, and is like really worried about what's gonna happen to him. 
and then yeah, Nezuko is revealed, and then like the last three minutes of that episode is just Zenitsu just screaming at the audience like how dare you hide this cute girl from me i could have been hitting on her this whole time uh it's just oh my god dude just freaking get eaten by a demon already please just say save us save us the misery and get yourself killed and what's worse is like when Zenitsu is actually like doing something like his whole gimmick is that he is the worst person alive until he suddenly falls asleep and then he becomes a badass and he's got and he's, it's and he's like, got cool lightning powers too yeah it's a shame because like the lightning style is dope because at least at least from the first style which is the only one he knows cuz like his whole gimmick in like his backstory that tries to make him sympathetic uh his master told him like look you don't need to be amazing at everything just get really good at one thing just do one thing really well so he mastered the first style that's all he knows how to do but he's really good at it um and at least from the first style it seems like the whole lightning style, the whole lightning form is based on ki strikes, um, which is rad. That's a good premise. It is a shame that a character that is. It's a shame that we. The only way we get to see it is through Zenitsu, who is just the worst character ever. <laughs> um, and like Inosuke has annoying moments. But at least there's plenty of times when Inosuke is doing cool things or having, like, genuinely good character development moments, like when he gets his ass kicked by the large Spider-Clan guy and he sort of has a, like, a crisis of faith in himself where he's like, well, shit, I got beat up real bad. And, like, am I... Like, like, am I as good? Am I even as good as I think I am? Like, do I even? Should I even try anymore? Um, so he at least like gets some actually good character development, and you know he has occasional annoying points where he just yells at the camera a lot too. But the the show actually gives him way more nuance, and you know he's not. He's not constantly screaming and also, more importantly, not constantly just making the plot stop dead in his track so he can rant for, like, three minutes every time he shows up. Yeah. Also, the initial reveal where, like, they take off his boar head and, oh no, turns out he's super hot is a really funny gag. <laughs> oh, really? Right. But yeah, I it's a shame um, that Zenitsu exists because like the rest of Demon Slayer is fantastic. Um, if Zenitsu were not here, I'd be pretty confident saying that this is the is the best shonen show I've ever seen. Well, um, I always have. Granted, I haven't finished finished Hunter Hunter yet. Before you before you start going in on me about that, but. Um, 
it's a demon slayer is really good oh. um and you and ufo table makes it look really good too uh yeah well i i do have to say yes yeah, so okay main thing yeah Nezuk is awesome i think what really sets demon slayer apart is tanjiro and yeah he's a fantastic protagonist yeah, tanjiro is actually he's 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 one of my favorite shonen protagonists because I, what really what sets him apart is his moral center. He, in that, yeah, yeah, it, it, he has, and is that so? It's not just about him. It's not just about him beating demons. It's it's about him, uh, basically trying to make his ideals work. In a uh, in a world when they sh- probably sh- when they you know when all the evidence says when everyone tells him that they yes. shouldn't work, I mean, right? Because yeah, because yeah, because what he does is that okay, he fights demons. He's like trying to you know you know make his he's trying to undemonize his sister, uh, but he also. He also shows in, he he shows incredible compassion, even for the demons that he's fighting. Yeah, and and the point he makes, and that, like the the series doesn't outright state, but kind of implies, like the the major demon slayers, the most powerful ones that he meets, like uh, in episode twenty two, like they all just have a you know policy where they kill demons on sight like demons are basically pests to them like they don't they don't even spare a thought most likely just because they've been battling them for so long that they have forgotten that they they don't have necessarily forgotten where demons come from but they no longer like take that to its logical conclusion whereas tanjiro does still realize what it means that demons come from humans and that demons never wanted to be what they are something forced that upon them uh and like the the demons we know that that we've seen so far are tragic figures as much as they are villains um and this is emphasized by the show itself where, you know, before a major demon dies or like right as they are dying, we see their backstory and their history and what led them to that place. And Tanjiro tries to provide them a moment of comfort, you know, as they're dying. Uh, and yeah, it's it's... I love Tanjiro as a character because he avoids a lot of shonen protagonist tropes that I find to be kind of played out and annoying. Like he's not an idiot. Um, He's not necessarily naive. He may start out that way, but by the time he finishes his training, he isn't really like he knows what he needs to do. Um, he just tries to be like still be a good person um 
so he he he's smart he cares a lot um even when even after like uh that one ghost guy uh, that shows up when he when Tanjiro is training to cut the rock tells him like oh you got to be a real man um he basically just ignores that advice and keeps being a big old softy um which is which is very good uh and there's just a lot about him that like feels he feels like a normal person who's been thrust into like these weird extreme circumstances and is desperately trying to hold on to the stuff that, you know, made him a normal person. Um, he's real good. I like him a lot. And I really like his relationship with Nezuko. Yep. Uh, and I also, also like, it is so satisfying in episode 23 where um that one dude in the Hashira group um Sanemi Shinazugawa uh basically like stabs Nezuko three times and then cuts his own arm is like look I'm going to show you that we should kill Nezuko like she's going to come out of this box and then she's going to like try and eat me and then you'll all see that you know we should just murder her on sight and Nezuko just like turns away from him like he's rotten food. It's like a like it's like a cat rejecting their dinner. Cool. Uh it's it is such a cathartic moment of like, nah, screw you, dude. You know what you're talking about. Yes. Actually, one of my favorite moments for Tanjiro was uh when uh was like okay it was uh it was when uh when Inosuke keeps trying to you know keep basically keeps trolling him and he keeps and he's like he's just not not falling for it oh yeah you you basically can't get a rise out of Tanjiro unless you directly harm Nezuko yeah that's that's the only thing that flusters him. Uh, I speaking of Inosuke, um, I do love that one moment where he's like, where he's trying to figure out how to cut off like the one big spider guy's arm, and he's seeing like Tanjiro do all this like you know tactical thinking, and he just eventually is like, look, what am I doing? Like I'm I'm running away trying to think of like a clever way of defeating this guy. I'm not clever. I'll never be clever. What I'm going to do instead is I'm going to cut his arm into one cut his arm with one sword. And then I will just use the other sword to to beat again to hammer my the first sword so that way I can just cut all the way through with sheer force. <laughs> Cuz I know what I am. Yeah. Wait a minute. You mean we can't take the big swing and boom? Yeah, or or like, or like the one part I think in I think it's like episode 24 or 25. I think it's 25 where like uh they're pretty much finished recovering and um because all their all their 
because uh, because both Tanjiro and Inosuke need new swords because the Spider Clan like whittled through their resources. Like the the one um, like uh, blacksmith comes by to give them new swords, and ta- and like Inosuke takes a look at his new dual blades, and he just immediately starts like. Uh, knocking notches into them with rocks. Yeah, he uses a ro- yeah. in front of the dude that made the sword. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, because yeah, because like previous previous to this, like his swords were basically chipped and notched to have this kind of like serrated effect. And yeah, and he and, and so what he does is when he gets his new swords, he uses a rock to replicate that serrated effect. Yeah, because, like, it, it's funny to me, because it's almost like he doesn't understand how to use swords that don't have notches in them. It's 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 so, it's such an affront to his normal tactics. He's like, this cannot stand. I have to have serrations. What are you doing Give me, giving me this smooth sword? And yeah, so you say. Inosuke is, is such an idiot, and I love him. Yeah. You guys about done, maybe? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, unless you have like anything else in specifically you want to bring up about Demon Slayer, because yeah, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be online here. I keep dropping offline faster than you used to. Yeah, that's fine. I think we're about done with it. Um, I I give Demon Slayer a four. I really, really, really want to give it a five, but Zenitsu is just so bad. Uh, same here. I agree with it. I mean, like, like every every part of the episode, like. When I you know, like when I watch an episode, like when Zenitsu is not saying anything, the episode just flies by. But like when he when he's actually like talking, the episode stops dead for minutes at a time. Yeah, it's real bad. Um, but yeah, other like if Zenitsu weren't there, this show would be very near perfect for me. Um, but yeah, highly recommend Demon Slayer. If you can, if you can withstand Zenitsu, it is, it will be very, very worth your time. If you get to him and you just can't deal with it, I understand. I almost couldn't deal with it myself, but I soldiered on because I knew that, like, there was some, still some awesome stuff ahead of me. Uh, but yeah, fantastic show. Um, I, I think that'll do it for this episode of Baka Cast. Totally forgot to tweet out to ask for questions. That's okay. Oh, this was kind of running long anyway. And, yeah. And I have to uh I have to start making dinner. So Yeah, yeah, just shuffle and, off the and, and who knows and who yeah, and who knows how Larry, how long Larry's Discord will uh be nice to him. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to uh, so next time, it. Yeah, so next time we record we will uh be talking about um the fall season so uh yeah look 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 forward to that and also seeing how much of the shows we watch actually end up being good (laughs) i'm waiting for the ground to shake okay excitement excitement yeah so uh you if you want you can leave comments or questions um, on our blog at projectharahi.net or at audioentropy.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at SiltTheGM. You can follow me on Twitter at DeathSlinky. Follow me if you can. 
<laughs> Good luck. Yeah, uh, it's been one of those days, let me tell you. Ben, three, two, one. Kiribosh. Hmm. Technical difficulties beside. Y'all have a wonderful time. We'll talk to you later. Well, bye. Astro Lost in Space was really good, y'all. Should have watched it. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with that. It is good.